Hi everyone, so we are back with another episode. This will be again a very, very good episode because I am again with my super friend, Dr. Nadia Lopez. As much as I want to really make this fun because I, uh, I'm i with my super friend here, but you know, reflecting on what's happening right now around the world and Nadia is in New York City, super badly hit by the pandemic, I think... Um, yeah. My my heart goes to the people of New York City. I've, I've been communicating with her, asking her about what's happening. The best thing is really to listen to a school leader who's been trying to put everything together for the school community that she serves. Hi, Dr. Nadia. Hi, how are you, Jim? I'm, I'm good. So to, as of today, I'm past my monitoring period, but I'm good and I'm healthy. How about you? How are you? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm good to be on this call with you. That always lifts my spirits. Yes. Um, but it's been tough. It's been a tough couple of weeks. We're going into our fourth week here. Um, we're completing our fourth week of being, you know, on mandated stay at home so it's been a lot especially in new york city with the amount of deaths that we've had um over a hundred thousand people have been infected and ten thousand no i feel like three hundred thousand people i don't even know the numbers anymore i'm so confused yeah. but i do know that more than ten thousand people in new york city have died i know that for certain and, so it's been a lot yeah and it's been it's been really sad and tragic like yeah. you know if you open the news and i do remember like a couple of days ago uh when we were in the global you know the global conference meeting with mm -hmm. vikas and uh senator saban bullrich um and your opening line was like like every day you wake up and the first thing that you say or text or communicate to people is your condolences. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the first sentence really, really brings in the reality has been really hitting us close to our hearts. On a personal level, how are you like dealing with this kinds of situation, especially when you are with, you know, you are leading a school community and a vulnerable um, community? It's hard because, you know, I'm supposed to be, I'm literally out on medical leave from work and um, I'm out because of the amount of stress that I incurred before the pandemic. And having gone through the recovery of taking care of myself, engaging in meditation, yoga, going to therapy, for mental support, going to doctors every week, physical therapy. It was it was it had been a lot um, for me to get to a place of peacefulness, a routine that was healthy, um, you know, and not having the burden of work um, be a distraction or being something that required my time and energy, and to now have to deal with um, the pandemic. Um, it, I was literally thrusted back into work and that was by my own choosing um, because there was no plan in place here in New York City. They closed school 
during a press conference on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And by Tuesday, we had to go back into our school buildings as the educators, um, that's the teachers, administrators, and everybody else, the support team, um, and start the process of, you know, getting kids online and figuring out what resources that we were going to use. And um, for lack of a better word, just trying to put out a fire that we had no control over, right? Dealing with every aspect of what it meant to support the kids and the community that we serve. You know, the children are, are poor and their parents don't have the capacity to help them academically. Um, a lot of the parents are dealing with their own mental health issues. Um, and you have households with multiple children. And so there's a considerable amount of needs. And so I couldn't allow my team to deal with the pressure that was coming when there wasn't clear leadership direction and guidance as to what they needed to do. So I immediately just jumped back in and we, you know, we started planning and I think the driving force for us was like, we were all in agreement that this is for the kids. Yeah. Even though we were in a school building, knowing that the, the, the chance of us getting sick um, and being exposed to the virus was very, very real. Yeah. Yeah. Very challenging situation right now, and I really applaud you for, you no, know, for for the dedication. I think I I really like what you've said. In the end, we are educators, and you know, um, we need to be out there because we have our kids, we have our students, and they are at home, and without much guidelines, it's really hard to navigate. Especially when you are a professional. Um, you're a teacher and you are expected to do to continue the learning process or the learning experiences of students at home. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to dig deeper into you know your into this uh, situation that you are in now. Uh, we all know that you have been really working hard with your uh, with your school, uh, your teachers and staff for the longest time, even even without the pandemic, how did you try to navigate these kinds of challenges? Like maybe some specific things. My idea behind this part of the discussion is, you know, maybe people can learn. The biggest reality right now, the inequitable access and the things that we don't have, the haves and the have-nots have been more apparent. They're now clear. And the sad thing is we're waiting for a pandemic for people in the leadership to respond to these kinds of things, right? Right. You know, I I really believe that part of this has to do with um, culture in terms of culture, school culture and what that looks like. Um, Because for me, a lot of the things that we were able to do successfully in terms of transitioning our children online was that we had a very strong school culture. Um, So there are layers to a school that we have to be mindful of. Um, And sometimes what happens in school buildings is that we only focus on the academic aspect of it. We focus so much on standardized testing. And so one is driving the other without understanding the holistic um, dynamics of an entire school. It's consistent of adults. (laughs) It's consistent of children. These are human beings. So what does it look like? to in your school to really support the needs of the children and the adults on a social emotional level. 
right? Yeah. And if you don't have that in place, it's really difficult for you to then try to do it while it's while it's supposed to happen online because you know, in my school we have a mental health provider, we have partnerships with community based organizations. Um, we are like a family, so everyone knows who to contact, who to check in with, you know, what ways in which we check in. So that was already established from the time we were at school. Um, the other part of it is the academic base, right? So I've never made our our sole foundation just off of the, the exams. It was always how do we make sure children are achieving? What are What are the areas that they need the most support in? Like for me, it's more about I rather show progress through mastery as opposed to trying to force them to know everything and they know absolutely nothing. Yeah. Right. And so that's how we can determine how well they're doing is by focusing on specific areas um, of the of standards or content that we know is going to be required longstanding as opposed to we just need to get them through the grade and make sure that they have these things done. Um, so that this way now when we transition into online learning, it's not you trying to teach every single thing. It's like, how do we make sure that they have the skills that they need? Right. So, um, what people need to take note because there's no way to fix what, what the issues are right now in this moment, we have to capitalize on the data that we're collecting. Okay. And what that means is... Um, what, like for us in the States, because the state exams across just about every um, state in the U S was canceled, what are you then focusing on? What can you spend a lot more time doing? So, you know, kids are presenting, kids are, um, developing their creativity. Kids are learning how to collaborate. Kids are focused on communication because now they actually have to present their work online. Now they have to work with their groups. So how are we able to do that and make it authentic? That should also then translate when we go back into the school. Um, And then how do we integrate technology in a meaningful way that if they are absent for any reason, they're sick, they have to take care of a family member, that they're actually able to do it in a way that it's not feeling forced or they're becoming overwhelmed by the process. Thank you for the great ideas. Um, I just want to go back to your note on technology, right? Yeah. Um, for students or families who have, who have challenges with, in, uh, with access to technology or just the device mm-hmm. and, and then the, to the internet, what has been like your, your response or solution to those children so what we've done is we've actually done a couple of things so one we created on packages packets for all scholars um so that way the same work that they would access online they're able to access in um hands-on packets um that was created for every single child not just the ones who have versus those who don't have we want to make make sure that there was equity across the board everybody had access to the same thing but the other thing is what, what identify what things what does it look like when we talk about technology in the household what do children have access to so there are some kids who are ac- accessing online um through their xboxes yeah through kindle through cell phones 
laptops. So we had to really get an idea of what children have at home. And so if we know what they have, then what can we give them as um, access points? Okay. Right? Because Google Classroom looks totally different on a Kindle or a cell phone than it yeah. would on a laptop. Yeah. Um, and then also saying, okay, so what things can we provide for them that may be offline um, that they're able to have access to that is not necessarily required for them to use Wi-Fi because what's happening, you have an entire city that's working from home pretty much. Yeah. And so the broadband with of what we're able to access, like even sometimes when I'm at home, you know, it goes in and out. Sometimes it's just very spotty. And so you can't get through meetings. You can't be in classrooms. Um, so, you know, we've we figured out ways in which children can, like, let's say an assignment is given and they'll take pictures of their work and send it in, text it to the teacher as opposed to having to be online every single minute. Um, and then, you know, there's videos that we put on YouTube so yeah. let's say the kid can't access Google Classroom. They don't have the capacity of getting the app. Every phone pretty much has YouTube on it. The kids can actually go on YouTube and access videos from the school that mm -hmm. teachers have recorded so that they can learn. All right. So we've covered, you know, ensuring access to the learning materials, resources. What have been, like, your support or how did you enable or how do you continue to enable your, your teachers? Right. Um, before the pandemic, I mean, I mean, before the response to the pandemic, at this point in time, you know, to always think of how we could always support our teachers who have been navigating all this. So how have you been like supporting your teachers? You know, I, I've been supporting them a couple of ways. So the first thing I do every single day, um, every single morning before school even begins um, I text the teachers. So I have a group that I am I'm responsible for. I, we, divided up, we divided it up between myself and um, the principal in charge um, so that this way we ensure that every single adult um, has contact with us. So we text them every morning and then throughout the day we just do what's called a check-in. So I usually ask, how's your family? How are you doing? so that they could feel socially connected. The second thing is creating flexibility for the staff. It's so important that um, we allow them to choose how they will use their days, like um, formulate a schedule for their day. There are times that they are mandated to be online mm -hmm. and that's during instructional time, right? So for our teachers, they have 90 minutes that they are mandated to be online and then we have meetings throughout the week. So they have department meetings, they may have leadership team meetings, but it's done where it's not it's not stressful, it's not every single day, um, and everybody's not in every single meeting. Um, and that was really important because we have to take into consideration that we have staff members who have small children at home um, who are also online learning we have to take into consideration some of them are taking care of elderly parents. Yeah. Um, and then we also have to take into consideration mental health is really important. People are stressed out. Some of them are home alone. And being home alone during a pandemic, you start to become very fearful because you're thinking about if something happens to me. That's scary. You know, yeah. You know, 
very it's very very scary and so um how they use their day is 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 by allowing them the flexibility and we very um strongly encourage that they engage in self-care so i send my team meditation videos um i send them links in which they can engage in yoga um and so that's been really really helpful um and then we also provide the teachers with mental health support so there's an outside um a contractor that we've had for the past 10 years who has been conducting mental health sessions for the staff he texts them offline and then there's group support um in terms of academics um we have meetings what do they see in as a challenge what do they need support with what do they need as a next step um so you know it's it's again it's 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 also a requirement that we um we the administrators be flexible as well yeah because none of this none of this was ever done before yeah yeah and so we're all learning and i would say the most important thing that i've done and karen who's the in charge of has done is be transparent and be as vulnerable as possible if we don't know the answer we don't know the answer if this is the first time we're doing it it's the first time no one's going to be penalized right like make sure we're clear on that so that people don't feel like this is a punitive process and that they have to get everything right i totally agree with you and you know i think that's one best learning that i've i've gotten from this conversation we're all learning from this and we need to show more you know empathy compassion flexibility i mean like this is something that i've been I've, i've been really really thinking about and i really felt bad about it you know you still have schools right now who are still very rigid like with mm-hmm. all the requirements so the re- the very rigid outlook or perspective goes to the you know to the students and mm-hmm. at the same time you know we know that there are teachers who would choose not to be rigid because they do understand but then in the end they have they have to follow what school leaders are saying so that kind of lack i don't know lack of flexibility or maybe you know that kind of very rigid outlook um mm-hmm. is passed on to the system right yeah and then in the end you will have parents being rigid at home and i'm really really thankful for for you emphasizing on on that aspect i think it's it feels great for teachers to hear that a school leader advocates that kind of thinking right now. Any any final thoughts? Well, let me just say I love you. So <laughs> I love you too. Um, you are amazing. I'm I'm grateful for our friendship, but also just who you are as an individual. You saw a need and immediately said, "I would love to have this quick conversation to provide people with strategies." Because you're always thinking about other people. And trying to empower not just um, individuals who are in the Philippines, but just around the world. So I just want to say thank you. Um, you are a true warrior for education and always fighting the battle in your own way. Um, but I just want to reassure people that while this is like uncertain times and um, there's a lot of confusion and you you often doubt yourself. Um, I would say this is probably the best time because this is about creating something new. And we are going to learn by making mistakes. Yeah. And you know, we cannot be hard on ourselves. This was forced upon us for a higher a higher reason, right? Like at the end of the day, you know, 
we are being by us being still it's be it's something good for the earth <laughs> yeah. honestly mm-hmm. um but it's also a time for us to realize how important it is to have relationships to reach out and build with other people um because guess what no matter where you are in this world we're all going through the same thing you yeah. know we're all as educators trying to figure out how to get this done so we're starting from the same um the same line we're not at the finish line we are all starting from the same place in the race so you know it's okay to ask questions it's okay to um say you don't know but be willing to learn along the way and share share what you learn as a practice that may have worked for you because this isn't a time for us to commodify um but to actually collaborate collaboration is so key um because ultimately there are children who are depending on us you know five to ten years from now we have to look back and say what did we do in order to ensure the children of tomorrow are promised a better future right and so what we do right now is going to make that difference true true and and thank you so much i love your your final thoughts you're also an inspiration to us and it's always a pleasure and honor to discuss things with you to talk about things with you whether personal professional or anything else i'm pretty sure we learn i learn a lot from you take care stay safe and healthy we keep the people of new york your school community in our prayers and in our hearts and our thoughts thank you nadia thank you